I'm your host, Arrow Kopak, and you're listening to the podcast MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity. Welcome to your weekly session with Ariel Kopak. Today, we're going to be talking about faith and certainty, and I have a very exciting surprise to share with you. To set the tone for this episode, there's a quote by Alan Watts that goes like this, to have faith is to trust yourself to the water. When you swim, you don't grab hold of the water because if you do, you will sink and drown. Instead, you relax and float. To further discuss this topic of faith and certainty, I have a special person introduced to you. His name is Roger Walkoff. He is a fellow enthusiast in emotional intelligence. Something to know about Roger that helps to illustrate what he is all about is his core belief is elevate others to elevate others. Roger, I'm so happy that you are here to discuss this topic with me today. And I would love for you to share a little bit about what elevate others to elevate others means and why you want to talk about faith and certainty today. Hi, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me. When I first listened to your podcast, and when a friend of ours introduced us to each other, <laughs> I said, we got to know each other. We got to talk a little bit more. I love talking about elevating others to elevate others. It's something I came to after nearly four years in my business of professional speaking and training. Elevate others to elevate others means that when you elevate someone and when you elevate a group, that group brings you along with them. That to me is one of the most wonderful tenets of emotional intelligence, that social awareness piece. And when I saw what you talked about, <laughs> perspective, personality, and productivity, I thought, wow, <laughs> there's someone who gets elevate others to elevate others. Love it. I'm so glad. And I am excited to talk with you as a fellow enthusiast in emotional intelligence to share with our listeners about what faith and certainty, how that plays into emotional intelligence. And I'd love to hear your story about how that impacted you, what that means to you. Thank you. You challenged me <laughs> with faith versus certainty. I've been known to challenge people. <laughs> I know. And it was a wonderful challenge. I said, what is this? And what you said, which was really interesting to me on one of the perspective podcasts was certainty equals external manifestation of faith. And you also said that we can't have certainty, but we can have faith. And I thought, what? <laughs> no, no. I'm certain about a lot of things. And what I loved is that you split the difference. You split what certainty was and was not. So I can be certain that the sun is out. I can be certain that this is the color red. <laughs> or I can be certain that that's a car. <laughs> yes. What I can't be certain about is the future. And that was a huge thing. And then what you talked about led me to think about one of my stories that led me to speaking four years ago. When I was in the corporate world, I found that what I was expecting, I was expecting so much certainty. And it was a misplaced thought now that I look back. So thank you for changing my perspective. <laughs> I love it. And when you talked about faith, like we can have faith in what people say and where they want us to go. That really challenged me too. It started challenging me not only about thinking forward about how I think about faith and future events. Ariel, you really caused me to think about some of my past encounters and reframing those in different ways. Reframing. I love that. Reframing is all about yeah. changing your perspective, seeing it in a different way. And when you say that, reframing 
Is that how you viewed others or how you viewed yourself? Yes. <laughs> Let me speak yes to others. It led me to rethink about how I thought about others and what I expected of them. So the example I give is when I was working on a particular project, for example, what I was expecting was certainty in the way that people were going to behave and a certainty in the way they were going to treat me. And it also was, it reflected back on me too, about how I expected that I should or would treat them. And so my framework, quite honestly, was one of certainty. And I'm going to say that it led me to fail, but in a good way, right? It led me to fail in a good way because I could learn from that failing. And so now in retrospect, learning about faith, that yes, it may have been misplaced faith or the wrong kind of faith that I was putting in others as well as myself. And so when I think about myself, it's like, okay, one of the tenets that you taught that you brought to light was I can have certainty in myself. That's grounding. That's a very, very key thing right there. That's what I thought of when you spoke about certainty in yourself. That's grounding. But what it led me to reframe about others was what kind of faith am I putting in them or what kind of faith or trust am I putting in their words, their beliefs, their grounding? How much am I putting there? And that, quite honestly, that really would have helped me shape my expectations then. But what it's doing right now is it's helping me to reshape my faith and expectations moving forward. I love it. That's such a key point about expectations. I've heard it said that the cause behind nearly every conflict is unmet expectations. And oftentimes, the cause of unmet expectations is unvoiced expectations. We don't voice our expectations. And if you don't voice your expectations, how can anyone meet them, know what they are? And then when they don't meet them, you're disappointed or upset, and that causes conflict. This is oftentimes what they discover is conflict in personal relationships and professional relationships. No matter what the hierarchy may be, it's almost always on some level, conflict is a result of unmet expectations. There's so much about what you're saying right there. I'm nodding on my end. I'm nodding my head. Yes, in complete agreement, because what you're saying right there was the outcome or the output of where that misplaced certainty was. And it did lead to conflict, not only with other people, myself and other people. There was such an internal struggle that I was wondering, what is it I'm not doing right? What is it I'm doing wrong? And it, do you ever have those sleepless nights where you just ruminate oh, yes. <laughs> on stuff? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. And in the corporate world where I was, at least in this particular environment, the environment itself was toxic, but I was creating my own little micro toxicity <laughs> mm-hmm. in the small group that I was in. There were pockets of good things happening, don't get me wrong, but in one particular relationship or with one set of people, you were so right about what you said. It was what wasn't said, the unvoiced, what we weren't saying really led to conflict and it led to unmet expectations. So there's a lot that you said there that is so worth unpacking for people. Well, I'm happy that we're here to unpack it together, Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Where were you four years ago? (laughs) Well, let's see. I was in California. (laughs) All right. Okay. I should have called you then. But that's so neat. It's a lesson moving forward for people, I think. If you find yourself in conflict or unmet expectations or things that you're not saying, one of the key lessons that I learned coming out of that experience was to hold up a mirror to myself. And it took a while to find that mirror. (laughs) I didn't know where it was. And when I started holding up that mirror, it started to become a lot clearer about who I was and what expectations I should be bringing to the table and how I should be looking at myself and not just expecting things from other people. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. 
Yes. And you're hitting on a key point here that has been apparent a lot recently in my world. How often are you expecting someone else to take the lead? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How often are you expecting someone else to show up as the leader that you want to follow rather than showing up as that leader yourself or identifying how can you show up as the leader? Because if you're craving certainty, if you are feeling unstable, there's likely a lot of other people who are as well. And you may not be able to solve the problem, right? That's the part about as a leader, you can't necessarily give someone certainty. You can't necessarily fix the problem or give them all the answers. But in situations like that, people don't need all the answers. They need a leader. They need to have their faith in someone, in something. And perhaps if there's a lack of leadership going on, and that may not even be the leader is not a good leader, but there's some aspect to the leadership that isn't being fulfilled. We all have blind spots. We all have weaknesses. There's an opportunity there to show up as the leader and provide that sense of certainty and sense, yeah. <laughs> sense of certainty, not actual certainty to others. Well, I think it goes back to what you said. And I believe we started with again was faith creates stability. And that premise right there speaks to the situations you were just talking about, that what we're looking for is a leader to stand in their truth, right? When I look to a leader, and many of us do this, right? We look to a leader, what do we want? We want something from them. And what we want, we all talk about, well, well, I want integrity. I want trust. I want to know that the leader is a good communicator, right? To me, those are things that surround a leader. Integrity is core. And I also believe what you're saying here is that faith creates that stability so that I know that when I go to that leader, I'm getting consistency as well. And so that when I listen to that leader or I see that leader doing certain things or behaviors, that creates faith. I know that I will follow that leader or I I will trust that leader to go where they want me to go. And back to the story, back in the environment that I was in, there were many leaders that I just didn't want to follow. They didn't have the integrity. And now what I realized what was missing, thank you for making the connection for me, <laughs> was I was missing faith because I wasn't believing what they were saying, which is one of the reasons that I started to follow authenticity, Mm. right? I felt like they were lacking authenticity, but authenticity was a piece of it. And so that's what's really neat. And that's what prompted me to ask you, what is the connection, right, between faith and certainty, right? What is that connection? And it's understanding, part of what you said was the springboard for me was certainty is this known rock, Mm -hmm. if you will, right? It's immovable. It's a fact, right? It is true fact. Faith, right? When we talk about faith, faith is something to believe in. Mm -hmm. It's an intangible, but it's something we feel in our guts, in our minds, in our hearts. That was a core difference to me. So there is a connection. I believe there's a connection. And I think it fundamentally comes down to understanding what those two things are. Mm -hmm. When you use the rock metaphor, my thought was, it's solid, it's hard, it's immovable in a way. Then I thought about, but if you throw that rock into the water, Mm -hmm. you believe that it will create those ripples. And in fact, you have certainty that it will create ripples because of your experience thus far. You know in your mind, every time a rock is thrown in the water, it creates ripples. Therefore, if I throw this rock in the water, it will create ripples. So there is an aspect to having a sense of certainty about the future, 
but we must realize that that's based upon our experiences. And most of the time that we are assuming certainty about the future, mm-hmm. it's based on our experiences that don't have the same level of consistency as throwing a rock in the water to create ripples. Which is a great point to something you also brought up that was a key challenge for me. I raised my eyebrows when you said, nothing is certain in the future. Listening to those words, I just wanted to have Ariel right in front of me saying, what do you mean by that? And it makes sense. Nothing is certain in the future. It isn't. And I completely agree with you after some thought. (laughs) (laughs) Because when we first hear that, I think, Uh wait a minute, come on. There are some things that are certain in the future. Sun's going to come up tomorrow. Really? Is it? You sure? All joking aside, but back to what you were just saying before, it goes back to our experiences. Right. Exactly. And that's why you have a sense of certainty, but you can't have absolute certainty about the future. Because using, again, that rock and water metaphor, if every time you threw this rock into this lake and it created ripples, eventually you would have absolute certainty in yourself that it would create ripples. And so if anyone came up to you and said, I bet you money that it's not going to create ripples this time, you'd say, okay, I'll bet you that money because I know it will. I'll take that money. (laughs) Right? I'll take that money. Exactly. (laughs) But you didn't realize that the lake froze overnight. That's exactly where my head was going. (laughs) (laughs) The conditions changed and therefore what was once certain is no longer certain. And that's why certainty about the future is theoretical, hypothetical, not absolutely true. There's no true certainty about the future because it hasn't happened yet and you don't know what conditions might be different. And that can be true with people just as much as it is with experiences. It is so true with people because that's what I was talking about, those ruminating things that we think about. We have those sleepless nights. I remember thinking I was counting so much on people's behavior, Mm -hmm. right? I was counting so much on the way that they were going to react. And I thought I could completely, really, I thought I could completely influence the way they were going to act. I thought if I just do this one thing, if I act this one way, if I say this one thing, then I'm going to influence their behavior. And while I may be persuasive, there's no guarantee. Right. There's absolutely no guarantee that they are going to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And yet I was banking on that, right? I was the one who was you know, <laughs> going to throw <laughs> the rock and I'm going to expect the ripple to happen again. But to go back to continue the analogy, guess what happened overnight? The lake froze. Mm. So you carry that through. That's what I kept finding day after day. The lake froze. There was no water there. There was no lake there. <laughs> you know, whatever my assumptions were, I was basing them on certainty and not faith, right? I was not basing them on faith. And if I went with my gut, my gut was telling me that, quite honestly, to tie up what was going to happen in this story, that I should not be a part of this project and I should not be with these people, right? We were not a good match for each other. That was holding up the mirror. And I did somewhat hold up that mirror with people I work with. I said, you know, you really want me? (laughs) I think I'm not the right person for this. And I am the right person in other situations, but That was my faith speaking, right? And that was also my certainty. And I should have listened to that more closely and been more persuasive there. Yet what I learned later on is to be a lot stronger and listen to that voice or that faith or that reasoning, whatever was going on in my head. That was the connection. That was where you should have been four years ago on the other end of the line, Ariel, telling me (laughs) (laughs) what you're having a problem with here, Roger, is faith. (laughs) So what was interesting, going back to our quote, I love what you were saying, and we're going with this water analogy, right? Mm -hmm. I was trusting myself to the water, but I was in the wrong pool. (laughs) (laughs) And since then, I've learned, too, that I can 
trust myself to different bodies of water. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I just don't have to stay in that same environment, if that makes any sense to our listeners. Yes, absolutely. And in thinking about faith and certainty, as you said, with the water analogy, I had in my mind, as you were saying, the difference in faith and certainty in your approach. When you have certainty, I believe it creates a sense of just hold on. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in that quote, right? Just hold on, hold on to this. And then when things don't turn out the way they were supposed to, you realize that you're holding on to nothing. It slips through your fingers. It can create panic, mm-hmm. anxiety, stress, frustration, fear, all those things. Because if you have a certainty about the future and that doesn't happen that way, you were holding on to one thing and now that one thing is gone. Completely. You're describing exactly how I felt. Those words are describing it to a T. I was grasping onto anything. I mean, I was holding onto every last drop of water, if you will. And I just wasn't aware enough to realize that the water wasn't there. I was counting on things that I shouldn't have counted on, that even though I saw them, I did not know how to get out of it. And so what was interesting there is you were talking about holding on to it so tight. The words that just came to my mind were letting go. Mm-hmm. Letting go and realizing that it's okay to let go. It's okay to let go. And I was tied up in so many other things that we'll get to in personality. <laughs> I wasn't letting go. Honestly, what mm-hmm. I wasn't letting go of to kind of not tease it too much was I was so concerned about what other people thought of me mm-hmm. that I needed to convince them that they were getting the wrong impression about me. They had the wrong impression and it was up to me to change their minds. And what I realized was, and we'll talk about this another time, was that I just needed to let go of that situation and not be around those people anymore. Right. But tying back to faith, having faith and understanding that I was not in a good place for me and that it was okay to leave that space. Mm -hmm. And when you have a mindset of faith rather than certainty, it allows for that fluidity, Mm -hmm. that flexibility to look around you and see that you are in a big body of water, but you can swim and you can put your head up and say, all right, which way do I want to go? And if I'm in the Mm -hmm. wrong pool, I'm going to swim to shore and get in a different pool, different lake, right? I just didn't think there were other pools that I could be in, Mm. honestly. Yeah, and that's such sound, sage advice. And that right there is where we come back to faith in yourself, faith in your ability to swim. Yeah, you know, we do. What I love is another grounding thing that you gave me, and I think to leaders, who we were going back to our leaders then, which I think is a great tenet here, was you as a leader cannot provide certainty. You can give them faith. And again, I had another what moment (laughs) where I was like, wait a minute, that makes sense. A leader cannot provide certainty. However, they can provide faith, strong faith. You can give people faith. And that's what I think we look to all the time. And that lets people be who they are, do their job, whatever it is, without having to worry about which direction the leader might be going in or whatever that leader is going to do. And I just thought there was something so fascinating about what you said, because I thought about it because it was another challenge as a leader. What? I can't provide certainty. What are you telling me here? So I'm just curious if I'm a leader, Ariel, are there things that I can do to give people faith? Yes. In that people want something and someone to believe in. Mm -hmm. The role of a leader, it's extremely important to give your people something or someone to believe in and realize that they are putting a lot of faith in you. And I know as a leader, that's a lot of pressure and it can feel overwhelming. It can feel lonely. 
when you realize that people already do believe in you, if they're already following you, right? There's already belief, there's already faith there and take the pressure of certainty off. Yes. And I think that's where we fall into fear as leaders. We think that we have to be perfect because people are looking to us, but we turn it into thinking that they're expecting certainty. Right. And in reality, they just want to have something and someone to believe in. As a leader, it's so important to remember that your people are first and foremost people. Mm -hmm. And so they tasks do not give them faith. An assignment does not give them faith. Your leadership gives them faith. That provides a sense of security because you never know if you're out in the water and the boat has a hole, mm-hmm. are we going to sink and we're going to drown? That's where all that panic can come in. But if you're the leader who says, if this happens, then we'll swim. We'll go to that shore right there. But first, we're going to try patching this up and just right. giving them a sense of security that you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you're going to be there to figure it out together. That's giving your people faith. Faith in you, faith that you're going to be there. That's what people want, I think, the most. I think they do too. And what, what keeps circling in my head here is the word consistency again. And that's what I'm looking for. If they can provide that faith, consistency together, That's one of the emotional intelligence tenets is in order to create trust, one of the key points about trust is that it's based on consistency. And so when we're consistent, I personally will look to that leader all day long (laughs) when they're consistent. Mm -hmm. That gives me a sense of faith in them completely. Absolutely. That it really is about sometimes just simply showing up. Mm -hmm. It is. Showing up and saying, I don't have all the answers, but I'm here and we're going to figure this out. One of the things that you left me thinking with that episode, I believe you had asked, do you give yourself certainty? That was a key question. And so I thought after everything you'd said about faith and certainty, I thought, why are you asking if I give myself certainty? And then a light bulb went off, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. And I thought certainty in this instance to me meant what we talked about earlier, grounding. Mm -hmm. It meant grounding. Exactly. And giving myself the ability and the permission to have faith. Mm -hmm. That was the connecting point there for me. And I wonder if that is what it means for people who are listening. And I wonder what that means to you. Absolutely. Certainty is not a figment in and of itself. It's not a figment of our imagination. It is real, but only when applied to what is provable right now. It's a fact. So are you giving yourself certainty? Are you giving yourself the stability of, okay, what are the facts right now? What is true? What is existent? What is out there potentially that I want to be true? What is true and real right now? That's the grounding. That's the certainty. And then faith creates a sense of certainty, not actual certainty, but a sense of certainty. So are you giving yourself the sense of certainty through faith, but not relying upon certainty in the future as a fact. And you've just given me more quotes that I need to write down. Ariel, thank you for having me again. This has been tremendous. This has been wonderful, Roger. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your emotional intelligence tenets and insights and your story. It's so appreciated. It's been a lot of fun. My pleasure. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode on faith and certainty. And Roger, I really look forward to having you on episodes again. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
If you want to know more about the podcast, events, workshops, or coaching, visit harnessyourhindrance.com slash mp3. And don't forget to subscribe for the podcast mailing list on our website. I have three asks. I ask that you listen to at least three episodes of this podcast before giving a rating, but then please do. I ask that you share this with three people who may benefit from the conversation you heard today. And I ask that you capture your three takeaways from this content. You may always text message MP3 to 888-523-2494 to stay informed when new episodes come out. Again, thank you for listening.